The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox, joined here with Will Brinson and Brady Quinn. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For those of you, oh, Team Brooks up there. For those of you who missed the last episode, we played a game of Would You Rather with odds for our Offensive Player of the Year, rushing touchdown totals and total passing yards with our friend JLC. Today, we're going to discuss discuss lines pertaining to some free agent landing spots and the odds of those teams postseason chatter um chances now let's chatter uh getting myself mixed up there on live and the PGA so actually Tour. you know this shirt this team brooks shirt is actually a team brooks versus team bryson shirt that i got a long time ago right so it was about like Brooks versus Bryson, but now it's applicable because it's Brooks versus Jay Moynihan and the PGA tour who just went complete heel turn after you know, years of, so like all these guys <laughs> left for live, they take all their money, they get criticized. They're blasted to the media for taking the Saudi money and Brady. Then the, after then the PGA tour without telling any of its members turns around and takes even more money from the uh the what is it the PIO the public international fund which yeah. is a great name it's like the human fund on Seinfeld like a great it's like just a big pile of billions of Saudi dollars it's a PIF yeah I mean it's, catch, catch me up on this sorry yeah, so, wait, and then Brady catch yeah, basically basically uh what a year six months ago um the live tour was created and it's an alternative obviously to the PGA tour backed by a, a Saudi um a sovereign fund. And obviously there is a ton of difficult conversations to be had that tie back to 9-11 and Saudi Arabia's ties to 9-11. So you had a number of professional golfers who were lured away by eight to nine figures in guarantees of money to play in a, a style of golf that it's less golf. It's a little more lively and fun, I guess you'd you say. Wear atmosphere. You can wear shorts, as uh, Will points out, which is probably the least significant thing of all of it. Um, more team, you know, games and so forth. But that was essentially what happened: is is a Saudi-backed golf league came and poached some of the best players, or at least some of the biggest names, uh, but some of the best players as well uh, from the PGA Tour. And so there was a battle for quite some time. A lot of um, you know different narratives were kind of thrown out there, and uh, you've now got the PGA tour pulling a 180 from where it was six months to a year ago. And I think you could see this coming for people who've been around the game of golf. You know, you've heard kind of Roy McIlroy, who was really the ambassador for the PGA tour, if you will, during that period of time. And one of the biggest names you probably could have gotten nine figures from the live tour that didn't and instead decided to stay and was outspoken, but sort of started to soften his tone in that regard and, and I wonder how guys like him are feeling right now. 
because they didn't take yeah. the payday. They, they, you know, were able to hold strong. They supported the PGA tour and they needed him to the most. And then you have Jay Monahan go ahead and, and sit there and like completely without telling any of the tour players that they're now merging or there's going to be some sort of, you know, world where both of these leagues exist and are copacetic. So uh, there's a lot to still dive into it. It does lead me to, because this isn't a golf podcast, even though I'm sure Will would love to talk about <laughs> Team Brooks and all that. Although I'm sure Josh Phil Mickelson. Yeah, I'm sure Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman have a lot to say too. But um, I, I wonder if this, if this could ever happen to the NFL. I mean, we look at the NFL and it's, it's the biggest, greatest in American sports. You know, obviously people you know, outside of the U.S. would say that, that football in their minds or soccer uh, would rival it. But I, but I do wonder if something like this couldn't start up and potentially lure away with tons of money to get you know football players to go play, whether it's internationally uh, or even just globally, and put together some sort of bigger idea like that. You'd have to think there'd be interest. You'd have to think there'd be intrigue. And you'd have to think that given how short the lifespans are of an NFL or professional football player, that they'd be willing to take that bag and leave the NFL as that was, if that was the case. So well, and and look, I know Brady, you are a man of high moral for the whole football game plan guy. We're not talking about Springleys, pal. We're talking about something much, much bigger. We're talking about a league that's going to be constructed, that's going to be backed by billions and billions of dollars that would lure a lot of these a lot of these players away. So a couple NFL related game plan might be our friend Emery Hunt, by the way. Uh it might be. Maybe so. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh he's he's Brady's pal. Uh, apparently, um, the uh, a couple of things. One, the idea that the Saudis would get into the into football makes total sense. I mean, they came after the PGA Tour. Like the reason why they they're all heavily involved in F one, which is insanely popular. The reason that nobody got their arms up in the air is because you don't have this channel dedicated to feeding like middle aged Americans. Uh, and, you know, go, like golf info all the time. And Brandel Chambly's up there like, hey, how dare they? And it's like, hey, Brandel, guess what? You are now being, you're now owned by the Saudis. Um, two, I think there's an angle here that isn't talked about enough in that the PGA Tour mentioned that they will retain their, I believe it's 501c3 and not 501c6. I thought I saw a six in it. Did I catch a niner in there? I think it's 501c3. Walkie-talkie? <laughs> exactly. Um, anybody who hadn't seen Tommy Boy is a terrible person, I think. Katie, have you seen Tommy Boy? I have seen Tommy Boy no less than 30 times, so yes. That's right. You're good. You're, you're a good person. There you go. Here's the, here's the real question. Have you seen Black Sheep? <laughs> uh, maybe once. It's the cousin. Oh, it's the cousin of Tommy Boy, <laughs> essentially. Boy, yeah. 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 Well, right. well, the PGA Tour I will, I will was get in, right on that. The PGA Tour is in litigation with the Live. Oh, sorry. We were, we, yeah, we were about to get to the discovery portion of it, and there was going to be a lot of talk about their five hundred one C three status. I would not be surprised. I'm just, just pure conjecture here. I would not be surprised at all if the NFL and the NBA, who both still have five hundred one C three status, called the PGA Tour and Jay Moynihan and said, "Hey, buddy." You screw this up, and we will have you, like, ousted. Like, you cannot screw this up for every sports league in the country. Figure it out! Um, and then three, of course, if the, if the Saudis decided to come to, Amer come to and take over football and start their own football league, somebody like Brady Quinn, a high-minded, rigid, moral individual, is not going to leave American broadcast to cover it. But, hey, you know who will? For that cash, for that sweet, sweet cash, this guy, you know, has two thumbs and will cover anything you want for cash, this guy. First off, like, let's not go that far. But for people out there who don't think this is a possibility. It definitely is. Well, let me just go back to the year when I was playing the NFL, we had a lockout. We had stored away cash to prepare for not being paid, even just our offseason, like the per diem we were getting toward, you know, during that portion of the week. And for some guys, they had bonuses. For some guys, they were just getting paid, I think, a 1000 a week or whatever the number is at that point in time. And it states back to 2011. Guys could not budget and could not make it through. They couldn't. Like, they, they needed to be able to get back to playing football in order to be able to make money. And so if you don't think that even if someone just said, hey, by the way, we're going to start a league and your contract's going to be guaranteed, fully guaranteed. If you don't think guys would be like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that opportunity to go there. You're out of your minds. I mean, yeah. the, the majority of players in the league 
play for the generational wealth that you can create from that. It's not for the love of the game. It's not for everything else that comes along with it. So if I was the NFL right now, I, I think that the worst thing you can do is feel complacent about where you're at. And there's no doubt they're sitting on the mountaintop of all professional sports uh, in this country. But that doesn't mean that there's not someone out there lurking that could come in with a lot of money and figure out a way of eating things up or bringing competition in right away. I mean, think about the way, you know, taxis, for example, changed with the invention yeah. of Uber. Yeah. Like we, we never thought about that, right? You get off the plane, you're like, all right, where's a taxi? You're getting in line, you gotta go. Now everyone just gets on their phone. Right. Or taxis are like taxis are like there and ready and like helping you load stuff in and they're clean and neat. It's called it's called it's capitalism. It's it's how capitalism works. There's a lot of other names for it. You know, you could probably call it entrepreneurialism. You could call it free market. Is sure and 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 that's I've taken people. economics too, Brady. I know you're in business school, but I've taken <laughs> economics. I get it. You got your team called for a very long time. We know voodoo economics. But the, the point is this is for those people out there who think like, oh, there's too many players. You're talking about almost 2,000 players. Yeah, but you're also talking about players who'd be willing to jump ship for a three-year fully guaranteed deal for a lot less money than what you're paying at, at one of these PGA, top PGA Tour golf players for. Yep. You know, you're talking about guys who, who'd say, all right, I'll go over and play over there for three years. If you're willing to guarantee you know, a three-, four-year contract that might be worth two, three, four million dollars. Even those players would be willing to take that leap and go over and do that, especially when you're the average lifespan of an NFL player is what three years, three and a half years. So you know this seems this this is a football podcast, but we're talking about it because it could have greater ramifications in the future if people aren't careful if they don't follow this and see where it leads. And the reason why that this hasn't happened sooner with maybe the NFL is that the the NFL, Roger Goodell and the, the NFL owners have been proactive about saying, no, 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 no. We are going to make sure that we have we, like, if, if the, if the league is a fort, if the league is a, a, a castle, they have made sure to build a moat and to build a fence and to keep, keep their defenses up. And the PGA tour, frankly, was so arrogant and complacent about how protecting their league and just assume that these guys wouldn't leave for the billion, the millions of dollars, which is, is silly. Like if, if you're telling me like Aaron Rodgers is, let's see, we see it two years left on his deal. Let's say he's a free agent after two years and he's, basically done i'm not saying he would do it but like that's the example of like the brooks kepko or the dustin johnson style the older still superstar player who might take 120 million dollars guaranteed to go play over there for two years oh, lamar jackson right. he went he, he wanted a fully guaranteed deal he just went through that right didn't get that fully guaranteed deal it was a good deal it wasn't fully guaranteed he wanted to surpass watson why was if someone presented them that opportunity he's an electric player he's a ton of fun to watch a former league mvp you know, you could throw Patrick Mahomes, any of the quarterbacks that right now have created this league. And, and you might say, and by the way, in, in this scenario, obviously it's a Saudi back back league we're talking about in regards to live golf and the PJ Tour. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Saudi back, you know, uh, fund that, that's going to end up supporting this. It could be anyone that puts enough money together. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Bezos is like, you won't let me buy a team? Fine, I'll do my own league. Which is, I mean, it, it's, it's possible if you think about it, given how much money he has, if he really wanted to put his time and energy into that. But again, he's too busy droning packages to everybody in America. Well, that and then well, we, probably saw with, we saw it with soccer too, with some of the soccer stars over in Europe, like David Beckham came and played for LA just for a paycheck after he was towards the end of his career. Yeah. And I and look, I, I think that like segues into like a, a later conversation that we kind of had scheduled today for like a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, where, you know, there's this thought that, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to segue into it now or wait till later, but. I guess the, the natural discussion point yeah. is everyone seems to think that, you know, players at that point, because he's the type of guy that could be considered probably for the Hall of Fame. I think when you look at that four-year stretch, five-year stretch, yeah. arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league, if not the best, right? Uh, and then they get to this point in their career where you're saying, okay, you know, they don't have many more years left. What are they looking for? They're looking for rings. They're looking for a championship. It, the mindset of an of an NFL player is one that you have to have the utmost confidence where, believe it or not, every single player out there feels like when they go to that team, when they go to that roster, that team's got a better chance of winning a Super Bowl. That's just how you're wired. Like you wouldn't make it into the NFL if you didn't have that sort of self-confidence. And in the case of Hopkins, like you can sit there and say, well, maybe he's looking to be on a, on a Super Bowl contender, or maybe he's just looking for the best contract. Like sometimes it just comes down to saying like, I just want to maximize my window of time in this game 
to make as much money as humanly possible because I know I'm not going to make as much once I get out. The, the odds are against that happening. Most NFL players, they make the, the most money in their career here, and it goes straight down from there because that, that's just the reality of, of being able to be blessed enough to play in a professional sports league. So I do think it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up only because everyone seems to think it's like, oh, it's the Bills, the Chiefs. Those are like the betting favorites. And they, well, you've got some people who've, and coaches who've talked publicly about, oh, we feel good about where we're at right now. And maybe they do, and maybe they can sign him later on. But I also feel like from his side of things, he might be saying, like, I'm still trying to go get the biggest contract I can. You know, at one point I was the highest paid wide receiver. I still feel like I should be in this league right now. I people in the chat were trying to say like he had signed it was doing a Texans reunion. Do you like do you think that the guys like we all I have was just Google researching and, that? No, yeah. Yeah, we have Google and Twitter alerts if like DeAndre Hopkins gets signed. <laughs> and like like we I'm sure Billy will let us know if DeAndre Hopkins gets signed somewhere. Um well, well let me just say this for all the people in the chat that I'm not reading their comments on that, but um, I don't. So if it does happen, let me know because I will be completely <laughs> we'll let you know, Brady. I'm prepared up to 2 p.m. Eastern time. After that, like I am locked in with you guys here. So I'm not looking at anything else. I'm just engaged in our conversation. Um, I believe uh, just yesterday, like Brandy Beam was on Pat McAfee's show, said I would never rule out D-Hop coming here, but I know he's a great player and will demand a great contract. That's a gr- or a decent contract, excuse me. That's a great way to put it because what he's saying is, look, we're the you know, we're the Bills. We'd love to have DeAndre Hopkins. You know, we have good players. DeAndre Hopkins would make us better. He's a good wide receiver, even if some people have claimed that he might be a little overrated me um i'm not, I'm not learning that. um yeah there you go and um that's right this is it's hard to point on Streamyard. um yeah they get it uh the but that's the thing is like deandre hopkins is not going to go and play for the bills or the chiefs on some podunk deal just to try to win a contract he wants to win his money he lost six weeks of pay last year because of PED suspensions. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, that's why he lost it. Well, I mean, that's what they're claiming. I'm just saying, like, you never know, man. Well, he, he, he allegedly did he, PEDs. He it, was suspended. It could be like the Bob Baffert situation where maybe he had something in his food that was contaminated by someone who was preparing the food. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you don't remember that all what happened after the Derby? Remember, remember, remember when remember when Dabo Sweeney had all those guys from Clemson that got suspended from the like the playoffs? He's like, I mean, it could have been in Coca Cola. That stuff's manufactured in China. Who the hell knows where you get these <laughs> these testosterone pills in there? That's crazy. That's what I'm saying so they'll go throw them out around, all right? Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, I, I, I but I think D Hop is a guy who's gonna probably end up um, chasing cash before he chases chases a ring, so to speak. Maybe the Chiefs are a little bit different. Um, I'm not so sure. I mean, the Chiefs, it makes sense. We talked about this with JLC. Um, or we talked, maybe we talked about it with Brady last week. I can't remember. It all bleeds together at this point. But, like, you know, yeah, the Chiefs make sense because they're awesome. They're also really good with the, with the offensive setup they had last year where they didn't have to funnel it through an alpha wide receiver. And would he be willing to go to the Chiefs and see see less targets and to see to be less of a true number one. I mean, that's a tough question for a guy like D-Hop. Let, let me, I'm going to throw this first to Katie, then Will, you can chime in because you you take up a lot of time talking here. Um, <laughs> so it's, a, D, it's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> if, D, if D-Hop was a free agent, and let's go back, let's say a few months, did the Ravens sign D-Hop or Odell Beckham? Oh, um, wow. I think there's more of an upside with D hop. Yes. He had the six game suspension, but he has been playing more than OBJ has. We don't know what exactly we're going to get from OBJ. So I would say I would rather have D hop than Odell Beckham jr. If I were the Ravens. I think that the Ravens would be more likely to sign Hopkins than Odell Beckham. I mean, I would think from like talent and ability wise, yeah, D Hop makes more sense. I would say, even by and large, throughout the course of his career, um, there's obviously injury concerns too with, with Odell. Uh, even though, you know, again, I think he's very capable of, of being a stud. It just he's got to get healthy, get back in the field to do it. But it is kind of interesting that you know you you think about just the timing yeah. of Arizona and and even just like trading. Like you wonder if they couldn't have moved on sooner had they tried to trade before the draft and just the way this is, this was all worked out. I think you'd have to look at 
the Arizona Cardinals so far and feel like they kind of fumbled this, right? I mean, am, am I wrong in saying that the fact that he's become a free agent and, and, I, and I understand that they tried to trade him, they didn't get the offer they wanted, so they, they released him. But you would have thought that maybe you had a little better offer with the timing of it was better, either before free agency, before the draft, instead of waiting so long. I would love to see D-Hop with Lamar Jackson. I think that would just be an electric duo. And yeah, we don't know what we're going to get with with OBJ. And, you know, D-Hop gave those three things that he wanted from a team. And I do think that the Ravens fit that bill pretty well. Quarterback that loves the game. Uh-huh. A, a franchise that, you know, is well-liked and well-respected. What was the third thing? Third thing was... Uh, front office. Front off. Well, no, that already said that one. Ownership. Front office, Ownership. 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 Yeah. Which... Wait, what do you, yeah, what do you, what do you, you got, you got that, you got that coy voice you got going when you're thinking. Oh, it's just, I, I was thinking about like the three things. I was like, oh, the three oh, pillars yeah. of DeAndre Hopkins or whatever, whatever he, he said. I'm, that I'm, I'm interested that you, cause I know when OBJ was in the first sweepstakes, right? When he went to the Rams, it was very important to him to win a ring. He wanted to go somewhere that he could win. And it's interesting that you guys feel that D hop is more interested in money necessarily than going a place where he can win because he is I never you know, said one that. of good I said that. Okay. Yeah. Well I I felt like the 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 vibe of that maybe it was Brinson that said that that you, yeah Brinson you did say Brady, that he's more likely to that people are more more likely to the this is just generally true and it goes back to the PGA live stuff. Like people like yeah. money. It's you're not guaranteed you're only guaranteed so many bites of the apple particularly in the NFL and, yeah. and NFL and NFL players and, and athletes are trained. Remember, remember, D. Milder said he was the best cornerback in the NFL one time. Like yeah. that's how you have to believe. And so, like when you think that way, you have to look for the best, the, the biggest amount of money. I think the worst question that media members ask players are like, do, "Do you think you're the best? Do you think you should be starting?" It's like, "Yeah, dude. How do you think this guy got here?" Okay, like imagine like all the nights that you're like out alone, like throwing a football through a tire in the dark or something while it spins. Or into a net. Like you think about all the things that you did like way back just to get to that point. And you're like, yeah, of course I believe that because I believed in myself before anyone else did. So yes, like, and, and that's where I, I think it it just comes in and blends the conversation of for people who think that a player is going to sign with a team that we see on the outside as a Super Bowl contender, you're wrong. Because they think a lot of times that when they get to that team, like you are now a Super Bowl contender because mm. I'm here. And then oh. they're going to just that's how they kind of rationalize and justify it in their head, even though they're also probably getting a little bit more money too to be at that particular team. <laughs> that's how players think. Like that's how players think. So is I, that how you felt when you got to the Broncos? Is that what every, every, every time you start, every time you're with the team, you feel that way. You're like, put me in. You know, I'll win this thing. Like that's just that's the mentality you have to have. Now, whether people want to tell you you're wrong and all that, those are a lot of the bums who are sitting on the couch at home who've never even been in the arena before. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's fine to have that opinion, but the reality is, is they'll never ever be able to achieve what you were able to achieve because you had to think different than they did. Like that's part of the right. reason. Like all these guys think different. So, you know, when people are like, "Oh, he wants to go chase a ring," it's like, no, nah, he probably thinks he's going to help bring a ring wherever he goes. And that's why a lot of times, like, yeah, it's a better contract, but they also have extreme confidence in their own abilities. Meanwhile, there's Pete Prisco who Pete Prisco would pawn a Super Bowl ring. Uh, for like for seventy five dollars, <laughs> like just just because he is money over money over championships, he's always said that. <laughs> All right, yes. so uh, Billy, putting the the topic bar there, where do you think D Hop will land, Brady? Oh gosh, um, not the Ravens now, I guess. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the Ravens don't really make sense, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I, I keep thinking about the Browns, and I'm like, where are they in this whole equation? Like you've got huh. pressure on Kevin Stefanski where I feel like they've got to win this year. And he's got chemistry with Watson from the time together in Houston. You put him on that offense. And even though I do feel like Stefanski is more of a run first kind of guy, I just, I look at it and I go, that would make a lot of sense for like a lot of different reasons. And they're also not a team that a lot of people are talking about, but they have made splashy moves before they did go for Odell Beckman and bring him to Cleveland. So I think for on a short-term deal, it makes a lot of sense. Um, that would be a team that that I think could make a run for them. And then, all, you know, not necessarily – they're not the Bills, not the Chiefs, not what everyone's talking about, but 
try to be a part of that conversation, being a contender. I think this is a huge year for Cleveland, even just evaluating Watson and what they have in him. So why not supply him every single potential uh, great wide receiver he can get? Browns also have almost $15 million in salary cap space, which means you could really easily do a one to two year deal where uh, you put something together. Texans, Cowboys have kind of ruled it out. <laughs> Brady's no excited. No, there you go. The, uh, but the, Trying to think who else has significant cap space. There's a lot of teams that have north of $10 million. So it wouldn't oh, be that. Can I teach you the cap trick that you do when you're your team that doesn't have a lot of cap space? Avoid years. You can avoid years, but who are you going to do that with there, Willie Brinson? Are you doing with the player signing? Sure. You can also restructure your quarterback yeah. when you feel really Your quarterback is your mortgage company. All right. That's yeah. who you go to when you need to refinance. Go to Joe Burrow. Go to Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Go to Patrick Mahomes. Go to Lamar Jackson. All these guys. Now, Jackson's a little tougher. You just signed him to a deal. But any of those guys who are under contract already, Burrow hasn't gotten his yet. makes it a little more difficult. But the guys who are under contract, re- go ahead and restructure yeah. theirs, and that's how you're going to create more of that cap space too. Yeah, you can't restructure Lamar in the same offseason that you signed him to a new deal, I believe, by yes, CBA. Yeah. Or you said it would be a little bit tougher. It would actually be impossible. It would be impossible. Yeah, it wouldn't do that. It would be illegal. It would be a violation of CBA rules. It, you wouldn't do it anyway. You wouldn't go, we're going to redo this now after we just did oh, Look who's knows more about the CBA. Is it Benson or Brady? Um, the other thing, too, is that a lot of these quarterback contracts have automatic um, – the, 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 the player doesn't have to approve it anymore. You can just – you can rest, you can alert them that you're restructuring it because they're getting cash. So, anyway, not to get in the weeds on that, I'm sure we can talk about something else like soccer. We can. We are going to take a quick break. Obviously, we just talked about D-Hop, but there is another pro bowler that is, you know, doesn't quite have a home yet. We're going to talk about that next. Um, But before we take a break, Saturday on CBS, one of the most celebrated soccer tournaments in the world is down to just two clubs. Manchester City meets Inter in the Champions League final. Our world-class team will be on the pitch with live coverage beginning Saturday at 1.30 Eastern on CBS. You're watching Pick 6. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. They say patience is a virtue. But for some things, we can't wait. Welcome back to Pick 6 here with Brady Quinn and Will Brinson. We talked about D-Hop, but Dalvin Cook also is still on the Vikings, has yet to be released. Why do you think this is, Brady? I don't know. Maybe they're thinking about keeping him and having Alexander Madison in the backfield at the same time. Maybe you're rethinking how this is all going to work out. I mean, we're, we're past June 1. You know, usually you make a, a release like that, a post-June 1 designation. Maybe they're waiting to see if there's some injuries where a team might need a player of Dalvin Cook's you know caliber. It, it's it's tough to tell. I mean, I, I really don't have a reason for it. I He's a great player, especially when healthy. You look at like Dallas and Chicago, uh, the Chargers – all teams who I, I think could potentially use them. Now, I mean, I know Eckler's with the Chargers, but you'd have to think, I believe it's on his last year of his deal. If it's not, that's not right, Will. Um, and so you probably yeah, yeah. you probably look at, you know, trying to bring someone in who could replace him for a couple of years, provide more balance there. And I think he fits their scheme, but uh, it, it's a tough call. Like it, These are always the most interesting to me because usually you see the older veteran guys become released. You get this dead period of time. And they come in like a week or two before the season actually starts. Hit their Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, Hopkins, amongst others. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's bizarre. I, there was a big piece from um, Kevin, uh, is it Kevin Seifert at ESPN, I think, who wrote about this, just sort of kind of taking all the stuff, and he, and he lives around or near Minnesota, taking all the stuff and sort of combining it and saying, like, what's the deal? And it's, like, very clear that the Vikings have made it. I think the Vikings are hoping that Dalvin will be willing to take a pay cut. I think I think that's got to be it at this point because otherwise, why would you not cut him and free up the cap space when you when you've you've attempted you did the thing where you're like he was on the trade block, rumored to be on the trade block, and then you just straight up said like like let it leak out that you're going to cut him as a June first guy, and which meant that you had that last second rush where we talked about this where people might try and make a move for him for a late round pick that didn't happen. So now I think and the other thing too, the GM there um, has been pretty adamant about trying to get even quote incremental wins like a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick for guys like that. So they may be hoping to either get Dalvin to take a pay cut or to get just a bare bones minimum deal from if a, if a running back gets hurt in OTAs or training camp. That's good. Yeah, Sim, in the, Sim in the chat says, I'd be interested to hear what Brady makes of the bills move for Floyd. We're glad that you asked. So the bills have signed defensive end Leonard Floyd, former first round pick to bolster their pass rush. ESPN Jeremy Fowler reported Floyd is getting a one year, 7 million fully guaranteed incentives for eight, 10, 12 sacks that could increase the total value to 9 million. Uh, obviously they've got Von Miller coming off of the ACL tear, which I believe happened on Thanksgiving. What does this mean for the bills and, and how they feel about possibly Von Miller coming back? I think maybe it gives you a little bit of an indication of where Vaughn's at in his recovery and how fast he'll be able to make it back. I don't think you want to throw him right in um, week one and have him play, go out there and play the, you know every defensive snap possible. So uh, you get an experienced edge rusher, a guy with some upside and ability. He's incentivized to based on the contract, which good for him. It's a good contract. Um, but I also feel like, you know, do they really need edge pressure help? I mean, maybe the absence of Vaughn Miller – exposed some of that last year and so it makes some sense even when Vaughn comes back healthy you get a guy like Leonard Floyd who can mix in that group but they drafted there oftentimes they've got a lot of depth there um, I thought they'd, they'd maybe you know need a little more help in the interior of their D-line to be a little more stout based on how their season ended last year but um, you know it, it's one where look the Bills are trying all they can I, I think to, to load up to make sure if, if you want to go win the AFC you have to go through Kansas City I know that may pain a lot of Bills fans to hear but that's just the track yeah. record since Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have been there. So you got to have the edge rushers, pass rushers to be able to affect him. When Miller comes out, Floyd goes in, you got to have that sort of kind of rotation where there's always someone who's constantly putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And if you could do it with four, as opposed to having to bring additional pressure, it frees you up to play a more variety of coverages and different things that you can do in the back end to try to confuse and slow down and maybe get Patrick Mahomes to throw you a few, um, let alone, you know, Anyone else that you got to face in the AFC, by the way, I, I shouldn't just talk about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Joe Burrow, now Aaron Rodgers, you know, Tua, whoever else you want to talk about. Twice, of, twice oh, on those two last, the last two guys, yeah. Right. Um, I, I think it's interesting to note, if you go back and look at Von Miller's snap count from 2022, so they beat the Rams 31-10, and that's his you know, revenge game against his old team that he just won the Super Bowl with. He only played 52% of the snaps. You beat the Titans the next week, forty-one to seven. He only played fifty percent of the snaps. You beat the the uh, the Steelers thirty-eight to three in week five, forty-nine percent of the snaps. Um, and then, other than the game where he was injured, he was north of seventy percent. Excuse me, he played sixty-one percent against the Ravens as well. But like north of sixty percent, north of seventy percent, in all but that one other game. And the point being is that it's very clear that the Bills, when they signed him last year, wanted to try to manage his snap count and not waste, you know, not burn through defensive snaps when they're up you know big when, they, when the game's a blowout like the von miller is one of the first guys they're going to get out of there when they can they beat kansas city in arrowhead with von miller who had two sacks and played 78 percent of the snaps they know that they can win against the chiefs with von miller and that he impacts them that much so to me the Leonard floyd signing is basically about trying to flip last year's season and say von we are not gonna we're like absolutely ramp him up if you have to he doesn't even play early i, I think the, you know when he's ready to play he will but they will not get him out there playing full games early in the season and burn through those snaps given his age would be my guess They're, like the literally is a pure ramp up play for von miller i also think when you look through the years i mean think about all the draft capital that they've spent on their defensive line or mm-hmm. even signings i mean you go back to what 2021 they got greg rousseau Ed Oliver in 2019 as, as a D tackle. Who they just uh, signed to an extension? Yep. Shaq Lawson, 2016, a first round pick. 
uh, Boogie Basham, a second round pick in 2021, AJ Epinesa, second round pick in 2020. Um, you know, now they've got a former first round pick, Leonard Floyd, really interesting free agent signing, a uh, former first round pick and Shane Ray, if that name rings a bell, mm-hmm. um, the Denver Broncos. I mean, they, <laughs> they do not stop trying to build that defensive front to be an absolute nightmare for opposing quarterbacks. I love the strategy. I love the style that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have kind of keyed in on here is, and, and, and I hate to give him credit, but you have to give Pete Prisco credit in this case because oh no, this is exactly how he would try to build a defense <laughs> if you're the general manager. You pay all the guys up front and the guys in your back end, and that's where the your primary focus is. And so I feel bad for obviously the off the ball linebackers, but uh, hence the reason why a guy like Edmonds isn't there anymore. Obviously a high draft pick, really good player, but they just don't see value in those positions quite as much as they do the D, the the D line and the pass rush and obviously the secondary as well. Yep, I mean it's they 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 weren't great against the run for a few years. They loaded up on it and they know they need to get pass rush against. They this is the quintessential NFL roster building based entirely on one other person. You saw it for years in the AFC East with Tom Brady and now it's like people will spin 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 because Patrick Mahomes exists. I, I think here's the compliment to the Bills is when you make a, a draft, like, like I don't care which round you're talking about, not one draft pick will be in the starting lineup this year for them. Maybe you'd say Dalton Kincaid if they're going to play 12 personnel, but that's it. Like, they need the first round pick, but that's it. So they, they have such a well built roster. They don't need anything. Like, they're literally drafting and signing out of luxury now for depth. Or for what if scenarios, Philly's another team like that. Maybe San Francisco, you'd say that, with the exception of their quarterbacks, you know, situation not being great. Even though when healthy, they probably feel a lot better about it. Then um, there's not many teams who have built a roster like that. The Bills, you know, the Eagles, the 49ers, those are probably three of the best in the league. So uh, now looking the, at yeah. these odds for the Bills for Super Bowl, conference, division, adding Leonard Floyd, does this change? how you view the bills, you know, and how far they can go. Like you said, Brady, it goes through Kansas city. If you're looking at this plus 900 for the super bowl, plus four seventy five conference. Um, and then of course, minus minus one twenty five for the division. Yeah. I mean, for me and, and, you know, Billy's our producer is a big Eagles fan. So I, I hate to say this, but look, I think whoever wins the AFC is going to win the super bowl. And yep. so I wouldn't waste my time with taking a 475 bet at conference winner. I just go ahead and, said, go ahead and take the, the plus 900 bet, which I think is decent value for a team that was the favorite last year. And maybe now that they don't have as much hype and people aren't talking about them quite as much, maybe they're in a better spot than, than where they were as far as the pressure and everything else they felt a year ago. Or, or I should say pressure, maybe just even the, the lack of attention that they're getting and talk about that. So plus 900 win the Super Bowl to me is the, is the best bet. And then that's in part because – even if they don't win their division, I think they're good enough to be able to go on the road with that defense and travel and win with Josh Allen. So even if, for example, like, and I don't even know what the Jets are at this point, um, but twenty maybe. So like, like I, I'm saying to win the division, but no. I, I would rather take I would rather take you know the Bills to win the Super Bowl and then not lay money anywhere else. There's just not as much value in my mind in seeing how this whole thing could play out. I'm just proud of myself for shaving 10 cents off the Bills price by constantly talking about the Bills at plus 135 to win the division. Now they're yes. down to 125. Old yes. 10, 10 cent Brinson here doing a great job. Uh, really <laughs> move it, market mover, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, look, everybody knows I'm high on the Bills too. I think the Leonard Floyd thing only helps matters. Um, Bills and Bengals here are, are the teams we're looking at on this screen for me are the best value. It, clearly, getting through the AFC is going to be tougher. But it's not going to be easy getting through the NFC playoffs once you get there. We haven't seen all the attrition that's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. 750, 850 to win, you know, when you're probably going to be a 150 dog in the actual Super Bowl. I would uh, I would certainly prefer that if I was if I was choosing. Uh, let's talk about another since we're talking about futures right now. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, former Kings of the North, are now at the very bottom of their division in terms of the odds. Uh, but according to Romeo Dobbs, he doesn't see a big difference between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Brady, how much are you? Obviously, it's lip service, right? They got to say that they're not going to be like, wow, things are really tough without Aaron Rodgers. But how much are you buying into this? And are the Packers actually a contender in the NFC North? 
Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, as far as buying into it, look, I, I think it's great to hear a wide receiver say this sort of thing. Um, it, it gives you probably a lot more confidence. And and Romeo Dobbs, even though he, he did play a fair amount last year as a rookie, uh, he's he was probably getting a lot of reps uh, with Jordan Love, you know, being that number two and him probably getting a lot more one-on-ones, things like that uh, with Jordan Love. So I'm sure they've got great chemistry and a, and a good rapport with one another. But I just have a hard time feeling like you're going to get you know, the, the same sort of production that you got from Aaron Rodgers. MVP winner, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's always good to hear. Uh, this is just a case of you got to kind of see it in order to feel like um, this is something that you can buy into, at least for me. And in part two, because I don't know that they can really rely yet on Jordan Love to carry them. And I think the Packers could with Aaron Rodgers, uh, especially at end of game, you know, scenarios. And I know people will challenge that. They'll use some different playoff performances or whatever they wanted to debunk that. But the reality is every single person who says that about Aaron Rodgers would be so happy if he was their starting quarterback. Yeah. And, and so it, like, it just kind of throws the, the argument out the window. But um, I, I think they're going to be more of a run-first offense. I think that's kind of what Matt LaFleur would like to be. And I think that honestly might help their defense uh, from time mm-hmm. to time. You know, maybe not facing as many snaps, not being on the field quite is as it, long and short again. Is that you, Mike McCarthy? What? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is also, you know, we talk about the D Milner stuff. You know, it's one of the one of the one of the tropes too. Like, what is he supposed to say? Well, we're screwed. Like, he's supposed to be like, well, and, and let's not forget that Rogers called out uh, Romeo Dobbs at, at one point last year. So maybe he's uh, perhaps more um, in tune to the idea of, of of Jordan Love being there. But you can't if you're if you're Romeo Dobbs, you can't be like, well, obviously we lost Aaron Rodgers, and now we're stuck with this jabroni so we expect to win about five games this year that's sort of what our expectations are like is some of it too just like putting that out there only because they did draft Jaden reed in the second round they did draft on tavion wicks and and grant dubose in the fifth and seventh round respectively obviously christian uh watson's there i mean they drafted a couple of tight ends oh you think he's like yeah no no, i'm a big fan I'm your guy. Like, remember me. Like, things break down. You start running. Like, look over here. I'm your guy. Like, he's like wearing like a Team Aaron T-shirt or Team Jordan T-shirt. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. They spent a lot of draft capital on weapons for Jordan Love to throw to, and it's like, I don't know. He doesn't want to get caught up in the mix. So it's like, maybe I'll make some headlines and say some really flattering things about you. All right, Bree. Based on what you just said, I imagine that you're not firing on Jordan Love MVP at plus five thousand. However, Brinson, you get a little degenerate sometimes with some long shots here. How do we feel about Jordan Love sometimes. for MVP? Yeah, I'm gonna pass on Jordan Love for MVP. I think. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's uh, what what do we what do we? I mean, plus five thousand. So five hundred to one or fifty to one. 50 to, 50 to one? one. No, thanks. 50 to one. No, thank you. Like he's even with Kirk Cousins and Matt, like Matt. I mean, Tyler Murray. I mean, I feel like plus 5,000. Stafford, you would. I'm taking Stafford. I'm taking Stafford or Daniel Jones or even Kirk Cousins would never win it because like people like Pete Prisco vote. They would never vote for Kirk Cousins no matter what. Uh, of the 50 to ones that we have on the screen, I, I would say. Is he going to be healthy? <laughs> like, is he no. playing? No. <laughs> that, was a, that was a Charlie Day special for you. Uh, I would rank them one, Matthew Stafford, two, Daniel Jones, three, Kirk Cousins, four, Jordan Love, five, Kyler Murray. Although, I mean, I guess Jordan Love could come out of nowhere and really surprise in this system, but they would need to, they, one, they have to win the division, which is, I guess is entirely possible. And then two, he's just going to have to be, you know, like better than Aaron Rodgers, or not better than Aaron Rodgers was. Like, you're, you're talking about the, just the way that people perceive value. It's, it would just be too tough. So, I guess he would be in the mix of these like deeper guys I would I would throw on, but I'd have him above Kyler Murray, but I'm, I'm not really intrigued by that now. Okay. Are you intrigued like by one fi- 150 to one, I'd take it. Okay. All right. Well, maybe it'll, who knows? The season is long. That might, uh, that might change a little bit later. Uh, when you look at, Brinson, is there any Packers futures that you are interested in. Obviously the Super Bowl is 50 to one. That's not going to be at conference is pretty tough division plus 500. I mean, you got the bears, you got the Vikings, the Vikings won the most single possession games in all of football last year. So you've got to think that maybe their record's going to change a little bit. Chicago, a lot of promise, but we don't necessarily know they were the worst team in the NFL last year. Could the Packers surprise people? And is that maybe a bet you would make on the division at plus 500? 
Yeah, I, I'd be interested in that for sure. I think what's interesting about these division odds that you see here, right? So the Packers and the Bears are the exact same. And this speaks to what Brady was talking about with the AFC versus NFC, which we've been harping on this offseason. Packers and the Bears are both the same odds to win the Super Bowl, 50 to 1. Same odds to win the NFC, 22 to 1. The Packers are 5 to 1 to win the mm. NFC North. And the, and, the, and the Bears, excuse me, are 3.5 to 1 to win the NFC North. That tells you that what that tells you is, Vegas does not believe in either of these teams to do anything <laughs> of meaning, but that they're not sure what's going to happen in this division. For yeah. my money, I would much rather have the Packers at five to one than the Bears at three and a half to one. I think we've seen some of Justin Fields, but we don't have a full idea of what he's going to be. The offensive line isn't very good. And, you know, oh, he's got Chase Claypool and DJ Moore now. Oh, everything's fine, I guess. Um, the Packers have enough in the run game and a, and a better defense. I think the Packers are much, a much, much better value Brady to win the division than the bears at, at, with those odds. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling a little more momentum right now with the bears. Like they're building towards something either way though. I, I wouldn't lay a bet on either of these teams. I'm saying <laughs> if I'm picking between the two, I mean, I don't mean to call out, you know, Caesars here, but my goodness, like, let's like, let's amp this up a little bit. Let's, uh -huh. Give me a little more incentive to lay down a bet on this thing. Before. 50 to one. I'm just saying I need some, you just said you, you wouldn't bet it unless it was 150 to one. No, no, I'm saying 50 to one is way too short. That is there's like the idea that the look at these teams scroll down. Like the the the, the, the Bears and the Packers should be a hundred to one plus to win the Super Bowl. Like, that, that's it's what I'm easy. saying. It's like yeah. you need to incentivize us if we're gonna take some of these bets. And and I get it that they run the business better than we do, but Come on, like throw us a bone here. Like give us a little action here in June with some of these bets. <laughs> uh -huh. You can't look at any of these and think any of them are attractive right now. No. 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 I mean, look, look, like the the it's idea that the Raiders are the Raiders are 45 to 1 to win the Super Bowl? Get it's out of town. Tuesday night bar scene in the marina, which you're from the Bay Area. You know what I'm talking about, Katie. You've mm -hmm. been there before. Mm -hmm. Pick mm -hmm. your choice somewhere in Manhattan, uh, wherever you want to pick the meat packing district, whatever. It's just, it, it's a bad, it, it's like you're going out, you're looking around. There's like, there's nothing attractive here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I'm not going to lay a bet. I'm out. <laughs> As someone who is very uh, familiar with San Francisco, that actually did really make me laugh. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here. Uh, you're watching pick six. We'll be right back. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back to the Pick Six Podcast. Uh, fellas, NFL is reportedly having difficulty finding a team willing to be on the next season of Hard Knocks. Breach actually wrote an article about the teams that are eligible to be on Hard Knocks, but that they don't want to be on Hard Knocks. You can check that out on cbsports.com. And I learned from Breach's article that there is a formula for the show, which There's I wasn't criteria. aware of. There is criteria. So you um, you don't have to apply, right? If you have a first-year head coach. No, if no, you no. Have so, so the, the, it's, it's really more like they, the NFL knows they have to compel somebody to do this because teams uh, don't want to do it. They want to be – it's, it's very invasive, uh, and it, it's been done for so many years. So there's like – you can be excluded with the factors you're about to mention. Yes. Yeah, hold on here, Katie. Let Will cut you off again and let him play the uncle role. He's going to tell you everything that you need to know and you should know. Okay. Go ahead, Uncle Will. Yes. I was simply trying to point out that it's a compelling situation, not a – these teams are not volunteering. That's no. right. But, okay, so I, I will say you um, you do not have to be involved or you don't have to be – I don't know. I guess it's volunteering, but not – okay, if you have a first-year head coach in place, if you had a playoff berth in the past two seasons or you have appeared on Hard Knocks over the past 10 years, which leaves us four teams, the Jets, the Bears, the Saints, and the Commanders – now go well. Well, yeah, I mean, so like anybody, for instance, the Patriots, they would love to just stick it to Belichick and make him be on there, but he made the playoffs in the last two years. Um, the the Broncos would be an interesting team, but they have a new coach in Sean Payton, so they 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 could they could, they could say, hey, we'd like to do it. Sean Payton's not going to do that, more than likely, right? That's the thing. It's like any team can say we'd like to do it, 
but you can't be asked by the NFL to do it. And if you're if you if you meet the, any of those three criteria. So I, with that in mind, uh, hey, congratulations, Jets. You're going to be on Hard Knocks because you have Aaron Rodgers this year and you have six primetime games and you don't have any reason to get out of doing Hard Knocks. And you can say, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. All you want, you're getting a goddamn snack. Okay. You sound like <laughs> Don't you remember the don't you remember the Rex the famous Rex Ryan hard knocks line? Hamburger, I want French fries. You'll have nothing and like You'll it. like it. <laughs> um all right. Daddy Shack for the young people in the room. Yeah, what a great movie. Anyway, um when I look at hard knocks, I kind of wonder how much longer it's going to exist. Mm-hmm. There's so much access to players and teams, whether it's through their own um kind of I guess digital staff um whether it's through other things that are kind of out there now right doesn't prime have have like a season follow in season hard knocks yeah like it kind of takes away then from like the training camp element of it and i also feel like for whatever reason there's just less of an intrigue about the moment of of like cuts and who's going to make it and who's not and i think the nfl has even gotten a little more sensitive about some of that where they're not even showing as much of the emotion that comes along with it um, and I think the other thing that becomes hard is like, I'll just, I'll tell you the only time, um, I, I, well, I guess I shouldn't say the only time, the first time, and it was one of the only times I ever got cut. Um, I got a call. I wasn't even there. So like, I'm not even sure how that would have worked through hard knocks because we were already away. We had left, we, we, we had taken our break while they're, you know, making the cuts and so forth. And I wasn't expecting to get a cut. So when I got the call, it was pretty surprising. Um, but like, I'm not even sure how you produce good content out of that. Because you don't get like the in-office sit down, hey, we feel like you did a really great job, all that stuff. And the player's like, no, please don't. Like, this is my dream. Like, I got to hold on to this. And, and and they're like, well, we just can't. You know, maybe there's a chance we'll sign you back to practice squad. And please don't let me go. And, and then you're trying to rip the playbook from him. And he's holding on to the playbook. And you go, you can't have it. It's mine. You know, but like whatever. And so you can kind of picture that like dramatic scene. You don't really get that anymore. You know, and hell, sometimes I'll probably just like text Are you. Are you sad that you missed your opportunity to be like, no, coach, that's my playbook? <laughs> um, no, honestly, like, I, I it, getting released, it, it's a weird thing. At that point in time in my life, I was almost 30, and it was the first time I'd ever been fired before was from this any job. Was it, was it with Seattle Seahawks? It was, it was, it was with uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider. And uh, I'll say this much about that whole experience. Like, the prior year, we had a bad season in Kansas City, we had some tragic events take place. I was honestly in a terrible mental headspace about the game, about the NFL, all of that. And the irony, and this is maybe just like a life lesson that I took from this was one of the people that was an an enemy, right? My, one of my biggest rivals, you could even say I probably hated Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Yeah. And ironically enough, like from that time, seeing how he worked as a head coach, with that culture and that environment in Seattle, it was special. And it opened up my eyes to why he was has been successful, which pretty much wherever he's been, um, because of how he's able to coach players and work with players and take guys aside who are maybe even fringe roster players and work on stuff. He was just such a, a motivating, positive influence that it really changed my perspective on the game of football and, and what it meant to be in the NFL. It was fun. Like he made football fun again. Wow. Kind of moved past that. And honestly, that and just being around Russell. Like I really enjoyed my time getting to know Russell, working with Russell, kind of pushing each other, competing, all that, talking ball, talking life. Um, all that was awesome. And then there, our quarterback coach there, Tater Smith's the best. Tater, yeah, he's not there anymore, but uh, him, Dave Palace, Dave is now the OC with the Bucks. They, they had such an awesome staff. Like it was one of the most, I mean, Dan Quinn, their, our D coordinator that year, um, you know, I, I sat down with him and just, he kind of broke down his defense. I'm like, Hey, how do you tack empty? Take me through this. He set aside time to work with a guy who's going to be a backup quarterback at best to talk through how he went about attacking empties, like what his defensive philosophy was. Like, so they just had this really, really unique atmosphere and environment. And yet when I got the call, I was like stunned. Cause part of me was like, I, I've grown to get back to where I loved it so much. And now it's yeah. being taken away. But anyway, um, I don't even know how we got on this subject now. But uh, we were talking about hard knocks and cutting people, and you were detailing. Great, you, you did a great that, job describing your being cut. Yeah. That moment, I, I don't think it would have been a great TV because I was like so taken back by it. 
that it like it took me a while. It took me a while. I was like leaving a, a, like a relationship that you love, and it didn't hit you right away. It right. hits like three days later when you're like, man, kind who, of. Who, I really who, who called to cut you? Was it, I assume it was like the. Uh... It was it was John and Pete, so I, I spoke to them both. But they they also told me they're like, "Hey, the Jets called. You know, they're probably going to sign you." And I was like, "I don't even know what to do. Like, is that like I'd never been cut before? Seven years into it, I'm like, do I do I wait? Do I just take whatever offers presented? Do I do I sleep on it? So I slept on it. Ended up calling John Isaac back the following day. Went in signed with the Jets um, before the season started. So kind of knew what that the scenario was there, but um, it just. It, it, it's, it makes for great TV sometimes, not always. And I think now that's one of the things that like hard knocks doesn't have in their back pocket. And especially cause like, I think in season people are more intrigued by hard knocks more so than they are training camp because training camps aren't what they used to be. Like people love seeing the hitting people love hearing like the pads crack. You don't get it as much. You don't have like the, tr- like the two a days, one a days, two a days, one a days, all the things you used to have. So it's just kind of a lesser version of what it used to be. And I think too, I think you you had a great point that there is so like when NFL films first started doing hard knocks and and you know uh, HBO they started getting into it and you know whatever whoever the, the bodies that are putting it together is like it's like this is this insanely unique and fresh look for someone who's never played in the NFL you know or, or football fans to be able to watch training camp and now it's like you get to see every throw in every training camp. And really get the behind the scenes on uh, so much stuff, and there's just so much media being put out by these teams and 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 in the network that it's almost like there's overexposure. I mean, I I, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I don't watch every episode. Yeah, there's oversaturation. I don't watch every episode of Hard Knocks. Yeah. From a player's perspective, Brady, do they do players enjoy being on Hard Knocks? Is it something that they're like, oh no, our team is signed up for this, or do they look at it as an opportunity? What is the? Um, I mean. I'll put it this way. So I was never on it. I know some, some guys who were, um, there's, there's I'm not going to name names, but, um, I mean, I, I, I knew, I knew one guy who like used it to get information about whether or not he would get cut. He, you know, he was able to befriend some of the behind the scenes folks there at HBO. So awesome. um, that helped, that helped give him some inside information and, and what, what was being edited out that not everyone was seeing. Um, so some players like it for that reason. Some players like it because they can kind of build a following and yeah. a little bit of a, a brand out of it. Other guys don't because there's actually like a low key fine system. A lot of people don't know this, but in every room you're going to have a fine system you implement, uh, unless you're just complete, you know, jerk jerks and you know you just don't have fun. Uh, and you have various things that you put up for it. Uh, I, trust me. If you are on hard knocks, there is a, a bajillion different types of fines that you can get. Wow. And uh, it can get pretty pricey for you. Uh, and so some of the players probably wouldn't want to be on it just because they don't want to have to pay a lot of the fines that would come along with it. So are you saying like like saying like doofy stuff on like if it's like if you're like like certain like certain phrases you say, certain things you do. Not 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 we're not talking like practice stuff. Like, like let's say for example, they're in a film room and you're watching it, and the coach is like, hey. Will, why'd you do this? You're like, well, coach, you know, I, I, uh, let's see, what, 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 what are you playing? Linebacker. Okay. You're like, well, you know, I, I, I saw kind of the guardrail and white knuckles. And I knew he was going to end up, you know, kind of pulling all over to the left side. So then I, I kind of saw an opening. I just, I, I filled right away and made the play. I, good, good job. Will. good job. That's a fine. Okay. Cause I'm like sucking up to the coach or whatever. Yeah, well, not to the coach, but like more yourself, you know. And, and like, oh, I'm like, I'm like yeah, 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 yeah. I saw this is exactly who I did, coach. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I look great. I'm great. I'm great. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not gonna say the exact phrase that I've I've heard people use for what that fine is, but it's a pretty hefty fine. Anytime you compliment yourself on national television or for everyone to see, does it start with a J? Wait, they fine you for complimenting yourself on television. Yes, Katie. I know this may be hard to understand, but um, it, it's all fun and games. It usually goes towards like an end of the year trip, a party, or something like that. Okay. Uh, but yes, it, it, it's a tough crowd, tough environment. All right, like anytime that like you draw attention to yourself, a lot of fines come along with that too, in whatever way that may be. Anytime you throw, like if you're an offensive lineman, and let's say for example, um, you know, let's say you like someone jumped offsides, and you always they always blame the quarterback. All five of the offensive linemen. So like it's not if you happen to blame like well you, you mean know, a false start you mean a false start yeah false start you said jumped off sides but it was just kind of- oh sorry false start well it's, it's basic football terminology <laughs> uh- <laughs> glad you could educate glad you could educate okay, you finish the rest of the story well tell me about the fine room in the NFL. 
Could we, yeah, what about sorry. in in post? Oh, um, no. you, guys, in, you had that one with Remember when you got in your fraternity? What you guys had to do to get in? I, I was a linebacker. I, I saw white knuckles and I ran for a gap. Don't you remember? No, no, no but so everyone, But if, in other words, if, you, if you're the offensive lineman and you like try to pin it on somebody else, you're getting fined, right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the heaviest ones too. Yeah, you have to go along with the entire group. So, what was the quarterback? What was the best quarterback room fine you ever saw? Yeah. Um, Biggest fine you had. Biggest fine I had, I don't know. I, I usually didn't get fined too often. Like if you just try to stay quiet, add value when you can, and then and not really say much in the quarterback room, it, it all depends. Like it depends on like who's the older veteran and how they operate. Um, gosh, we used to. I mean, it, quarterbacks is not like you don't have a, a ton of fines because usually you get fined by like the offensive line or the tight ends or the wide receivers, because you'll go in their room for something and then you don't know what their fine system is, then you get fined for something. On Fridays, you'd play like some sort of uh, football golf. So you'd go like throw at different targets or you'd have like a punt and then you'd, you'd get a throw to be able to get to a target. You had to obviously use them however you'd use them. Uh, or we carry like a golf course out of it. So you do that and you play for like a box of Pro V1s or something like that once a week. It's like, it, 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 yeah, it's all fun. It just, it just depends. That's, that's but, like a frat. Uh, yeah, the, the difference is the initiation to become part of it isn't quite the same. Well, you know, you don't have to really get down and dirty with uh, your other frat brothers, if you know what I mean. I mean, I know you know what I mean. I, do, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I would not want to be on the receiving Look end of a person haze. <laughs> no, you would not. I'm a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty mean, pretty nice person. Pretty. Yeah, pretty nice person. All right, well, that is going to do it uh, for our show today. Thank you for rocking with us. Make sure you join us on Thursday for more off-season coverage. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're listening to audio only, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and we'll see you next time.